This is CliffCentral.com. A very good morning to you all and a warm welcome to the open book with myself, Loyus Obala. Uh, the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, no matter what it is that you're going through, uh, just remember that this is the day that the Lord has made. And uh, some of you may not necessarily be listening to us live here on Cliff Central. Um, but whatever day that you're in, once again, just remember that even that day is the day that the Lord has made. So rejoice and, um, and, and be glad in it. Now, sometimes it's very hard to, to, uh, to rejoice. Um, another, well, an encouraging, an encouraging word from the Bible comes from Philippines chapter one, verse six, where the Bible tells us that, you know, the good work that God has started in your life, he shall bring it to completion. So there is a great plan for you out there. Don't ever give up. Just keep the faith. Now, I, Yesterday, I did something which I thought was really, really good because I, I literally had been thinking about it for three months and just never got to do it. I took myself to the gym, finally. I mean, it's been a cold winter, man. It's been a really, really cold winter. And the thing is, uh, my classes, because I do CrossFit, they start at half past six. And half past six, it was still dark. But yesterday I said, you know what? If I want to look good in, if I want to look good in summer, I've got to start right now at the end of winter. So, I've got some questions that I'd like to ask you today. Have you ever decided that you are going to go back to the gym on Monday like me, but then come Monday morning when your alarm goes off, you start imagining that your body is more tired than any other day, and that maybe it might be better for you to only start gym on Tuesday, then Tuesday becomes Wednesday. Then Wednesday becomes Thursday, Thursday becomes Friday, and hey, it's the weekend, baby. And then you tell yourself that you'll start again on Monday. Hmm? It's probably happened to a lot of us out there. Oh, here's another one. Have you ever been clean from any substance, whether, whether, whether legal or illegal, but then one day you're chilling with your friends who are indulging in that very same thing? Suddenly... You start telling yourself that, well, I've done so well over the past, however long you've been clean for, two, three, ten years. Um, so me having one drag or one sip or even one hit will actually probably be fine. It won't do any damage to me. Yet you know the saying that goes, you are one drag away from a pack a day. Hmm? Okay, here's the last one. Have you ever met up with your ex? Um, while you are in another relationship and you know what, let's face it, sometime your, um, your, your girlfriend, boyfriend or, um, or wife or husband, they, they know about this. And, um, and so what happens is your ex suddenly just gives you that one look that you've clearly missed and suddenly you start imagining things about the two of you that you shouldn't be imagining. Mm hmm. I'm talking to someone out there. I know. I know, because a lot of these things have happened to me. Now, these thoughts, my friends, are called temptation. Now, the Wikipedia describes temptation in this way. It says, temptation is a fundamental desire to engage in short-term urges for enjoyment, yet threatens long-term goals. In the context of, uh, of religion, temptation is the inclination to sin. Now, this, now the Bible, the open book, when we open this book, that's what the show is called. The scriptures tell us that we all face temptations. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. So perhaps this provides, 
you with just a little encouragement as we often feel that the world is closing in on us alone, that we are the only ones who are facing temptations and that others are immune to temptations. Well, I've got good friend. Um, well, I, I, I've got a good, uh, some good news for you, my friend. Do you know that even Jesus was tempted? That is why Hebrews 4 verse 15 reads, that for we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So therefore, if Christ having been tempted with these similar thoughts did not sin, we also should not beat ourselves up for having these thoughts creep into our minds now and then. But, yes, there is always a but, We must never allow ourselves to think that just because we all struggle with these thoughts, that it makes it right to obey the temptation. So therefore, temptation is not a sin, but if we yield into temptation, then we fall into sin. Pastor Ray McCauley um, always says, when he's speaking about temptation, he says, You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest on your head. So in other words, We have no control over temptations, but we have control over how we act on them. And so, my friends out there, the theme for today is overcoming temptations. And I would like to ask you to stay with us and to join us by either calling in or sending a WeChat um, right here on Cliff Central, and um, and I've got some really really great guests that are going to be um, that I'm going to be chatting to today. So please stay connected. Right here on Cliff Central, the open book with Luis Obala. Love that song. Love that song, you know. So my first, uh, my first guest, uh, my first guest today is 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 David Reniker. Uh David Reniker is the lead pastor of City Life Joburg and uh, together with his wife uh, they did 4 years of Bible school and joined the leadership team in 2005. So how long have you been the lead pastor at the church David? Uh for almost 2 years now. For almost 2 years. Yeah. That's cool. You know, I've got a 2-year-old daughter and it's been like she's been around forever. Um well, so so glad to have you here. I know that you've got a great story to share. You know, and uh, and that's why I think it's just it's just going to be so significant. So I want everybody just to really, really sort of listen in. Um, well, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's and great to, the to open be here. Book. Uh, getting right into it, uh, Dave. Uh, Dave, what defines what defines a temptation? Well, I think you did a pretty good job there with Wikipedia and uh, <laughs> and the re- Wikipedia man. Yeah. Who, who needs books? But you know. Um, yeah. So I think. That that was a good definition. It's you know when you want to do something that you probably shouldn't do, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a very simple definition. And there's so many of them. And I really like that you brought up that particular passage in the Bible where it tells us that Jesus was tempted in yeah. every way. I think that so often we're very quick to condemn people um, based on the fact that the temptations they have and that they give into at times. Are different from our temptations. Mm, mm, so true. And what's powerful about that that passage that you brought up is that um, it tells me that uh, Jesus knows what it feels like to be tempted in those ways. Sure. And He chooses not to condemn them. And wow. uh, so, as much as it encourages me that that I know Jesus was tempted the way I'm tempted, mm-hmm. I'm also, and my eyes are open to the fact that 
Um, Jesus was also tempted that way. He identifies with them. He understands it. He feels it. Not theoretical, because we think Jesus knows everything because he's God. Mm. But he came and he experienced those temptations. Um, and uh, I think that sort of softens my heart a lot and helps me yeah. to to realize that just because people's maybe temptations and sins are different from mine, it doesn't give me the right to condemn them. Absolutely. You know, the thing is, it just reminds me as well of the fact that whenever we face problems, um, especially as young people and and someone says, someone says, listen, if there's anything, you need to come to me and talk about it because chances are I have faced it, especially as like as little children. If I can say we always feel that everything that we're going through, that it is absolutely the first time that anybody's ever gone through it. So it's kind of like, no, mom, no, dad, you actually don't really Understand, you know, because the world that you come from had no technology like we have now. That not, they had no clubs. Trust you me. And I'm saying this is a 35 year old man. What you have been through, chances are I've been through more. Absolutely. You know, um, now, now I think before we kind of get into, um, into temptation, um, the Bible, the Bible speaks about temptation, but, 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 but now there are temptations and there are trials. What is the difference between the two? Well, First of all, I want to be careful that we don't get into too much semantics because I think um, as Christians, we're really good about that. We're really good at defining terms and creating lists and putting things into neat packages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all seen that. It's kind of a Christian thing to do. Um, here are the five points. Here are the 12 steps. Here are the 13 principles. Here's all the definitions. But um, quite often, it's the heart matters that matters most. So in terms of the difference between trials and temptations, I'll just say this. I think um, that a trial is any moment or season where you feel challenged or tested, um, and temptations mm-hmm. do that. So, okay. But but not every trial is a temptation. I mean, if you get a, a medical report that says you've got a particular illness, that's going to be a trial, but it's not necessarily a temptation. Okay. <laughs> um, whereas most temptations would cause you to to feel like you're in a trial, you know, because it, it tests you, it challenges you. Um, and so that's that's how I would break those two concepts apart. Yeah. So then, does God tempt us? Because I mean, obviously, you know, if it's been used, let's say where the trial is um, is the same as a temptation, who who is it that tempts us? The, those are those are questions Christians often ask. Um, yeah. To a certain degree, they are what what you would call age old debates in Christian okay. circles. I think the Bible is quite clear that God isn't the author of confusion, mm-hmm. um, and that no man will be able to say that God's the one that tempted him. Um, I think in, in that regard, the Bible is quite clear. Now, that doesn't mean that when we go through hard things, whether it's a trial or a temptation, that God can't be at work within that. There's a okay. big, big difference, though, to say God's the author of the confusion as opposed to within confusion, God can work all things for the good. For yeah. those who love him, those who are called according to his purposes, that's, that's something the Bible is quite clear on. So God is always at work within trials and temptations, but he's not necessarily the author of them. And that's, that's kind of the way I would summarize that. Mm. So now when we get these temptations, um, how, how do we deal with it? Yeah. And I think, and I think I'm, I'm coming back to the whole idea that, um, you know, that, that in Christianity, we're really good at creating lists mm. and creating, uh, principles and creating formulas. Yeah. Those things can be helpful. No, no doubt. But, um, even in my own life, and, and maybe I can share a little bit about what I went yeah, through. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. I was going to ask you to, yeah. Because a lot of the time, you and I talked about it off the air, you know, about how <clears throat> sometimes people don't realize what you've been through. 
Uh, I know for you, it was smoking was kind of a big deal to just quit smoking and get over that, and you understand yeah. some of those things. And let me tell you, and, and let me tell you now because a lot of people would be like, "Really, you smoke?" <laughs> I would have never ever thought of that. Before, My wife still know? can't picture me smoking. She yeah. just can't do it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I watch, you know, like sometimes I watch, uh, I watch TV. I'm a great fan of, of Joyce Meyer. Um, and I'm watching that. And, and then she'll be like, the things that I used to do, I'm like, really? You used to do those things? But, but once again, but once again, all of us have, have fallen under the other temptations. Um, all of us have, have given into some temptations that there is nobody perfect. The only person who's ever been able to overcome it is Christ. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, I use this sort of picture to illustrate that. Um, and, and it very much speaks about, the gospel and yeah. how we're saved is that um, even the most religious of us, even the, the really good people uh, amongst us, they're like, if you can imagine a, a pier uh, mm-hmm. uh, where there's some boats out to shore and, uh, and they're like the guys who take a running start on the pier yeah. and they run towards the edge of the water and they jump and they get, they, you know, they, they get like three feet of air, you know, they go far, but they fall very short. They don't, <laughs> they don't reach the boat. Some of us like me, we just stand on the edge and we fall into the water. But the Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. yeah and so that just brings me right back to the gospel to say the reason I can have a relationship with God isn't because I can jump further than other people. You know, yes, the yes. fact that I'm maybe better in certain areas than other people, that's not my savior. And that can become a, a replacement savior where, yeah, where the yeah. thing that saves you is that you're better than others instead of Jesus uh, being the thing that saves you. Um, and the same thing with temptations and, and all these things in my own life. Yeah, I um, you know, went to university, uh, started, you know, did, did the proper first start drinking, then start smoking, then start taking drugs. Only. Uh, I started, you know, um, encountering alcohol in high school a little bit, but not not out of control. But when okay. I left home, went to university, that's when things started spiraling out of control, and and uh, I call them the dark years in my life. And for me, you know, I'm a smart guy. Um, I'm a determined guy and I thought, no, I could control this. I could work it out. I can try and even stop. Um, but the drinking just, I mean, I had a drug overdose, ended up in Helen Joseph hospital, had several car accidents, wow. uh, almost died several times. Um, and eventually I realized that, oh my word, it is actually out of control. I actually don't know what I'm going to do or how I'm going to stop. And I happened to be driving past this particular church on my way to work every day. And I hadn't been in church for about five, six years and just decided to, to, to pop in one night and sort of started going to church one weekend, getting drunk, getting high another weekend and, and, and so on and still didn't know how to change. Mm-hmm. And then one night the pastor, he said, just, you know, if you, and he didn't even call people forward. It was pr- pretty amazing. He just said, where you're sitting right now, just. Between you and God, just ask him for, for help. And I thought, my word, okay. Maybe I can just ask God for help. Maybe mm, I can just reach mm, out to God. Mm. And I left that building that night 12 years ago, and I haven't had a drink since. Wow. And, and it's humbling for me because it wasn't a 12-step program. It wasn't me trying harder. It wasn't me pulling up my socks. Um, it was literally just God reaching into my life and helping me. And I think that that kind of changes the way then that you look at other people and how you help other people. Mm, it mm. brings a bit of a gentleness and a softness and a almost like a broken heart yeah, to say, I, yeah. I'm not where I am now because I tried harder or because I figured it all out. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm where I am now because God helped me. And that's all I want for other people is that 
they would reach out to God and that God would help them. That's that's yeah. my list. It's got no, two, no, two points. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's so awesome. Um, that's so awesome because um, because the thing is, you know, we always we always imagine that our pastors and I was, you know, I was I was singing at your church about a week ago, um, and and it is quite a mega church, uh, a nearly perfect looking church, you know. Uh, when I looked at the when I looked at the at the audience that day, I was like, you know, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and uh, somehow when I look at you guys, I see the wonderful part, you know. Um, and and just to think that you know it, it, this church has been pastored by someone who's been through this. It's always great to know that the people who are leading us are people who have. Who have sort of walked, you know, um, this road that we walk, I mean, like that we that we have been on, for instance. Um, because sometimes it's like, no, somebody you want to go to a church, but it's like, you know, what? that place is full of hypocrites. It's just full of people who think that they're perfect. But um, but it's really really great just to you know to have men of God like you who have walked this path and have overcome. So therefore, it is from a you know it, it is from a place of of experience. That you can, that you then can impart knowledge onto, onto us. And it is not, and I'm sure that it is not, um, it is not an easy, it is not an easy, it is not an easy road. It's not going to just take one verse to just pull you right. Um, I know that you turned and you know, you turned and you've never sort of touched, touched, um, touched, touched anything after you decided to, to turn, which is actually repent. But, but let me just say, and Christians are really good at this. They talk about the BC days, you know, before Christ. And I used to do this and I used to do that. But we forget that we still struggle with temptation now. And it might not be the big glaring obvious things. Like I can't go out and drink every weekend and think that people are going to notice. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean I don't have internal struggles. Yes. And a lot of condemnation that comes from Christian people towards others is about this idea that the external sins are the real deal breakers. And um, and because I don't maybe swear or drink or smoke or whatever the big external things are that, that people struggle with, but my temptations might be jealousy. It Absolutely. might be lust. It mm. might be uh, anger. It might be dissatisfaction or discontent. It might be envy. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be bitterness. It might be unforgiveness. It might be all kinds of things yeah. um, that I struggle with. And, and, and I think that's what's also important to know is that we're going to struggle mm-hmm. and be tempted until the day we die. There's Absolutely. no such thing as a Christian doctrine that says you're going to be perfect someday. No, you're going to be needing to hold on to God yeah. until, you know, you breathe your last breath. And that's the, that's the place that I find myself in. I freely admit that I still have struggles. Absolutely. I freely admit that I st- I'm still tempted and, in fact, let the bird make a nest in my head every now and again. Um, but the difference now is that when that happens, I know who I can go to. Yeah. Um, he was there for me 12 years ago, and I often remind myself God's still going to be there for me right now. Mm-hmm. We need it. We need him every single day. We need to be opening this book every single day. Actually, you know what? I um I I I I tweeted this morning and I put a a quote up on Instagram, and it says, um, "Opportunity may knock only once, but temptation leans on the doorbell." <laughs> temptation you you know you might overcome the one color but there's another color that is leading i mean like th- that is literally leaning on your doorbell there's another young gentleman today who's joined us in studio uh he is Nzika Bram, a motivational speaker a speaker and a minister of the word as a matter of fact Nziki this morning has just come back from speaking to a group of young people um in in soweto i know that uh he's a recovered uh, you know, he's a recovered addict, addict, and it's so cool that Nzika can actually be just, just so open about it. So Nzika, welcome to the show today. Thanks. Thanks, Lo. Uh, it's good actually to be here this yeah. morning. 
And yeah, morning to you, Faster. <laughs> Just call him Day. <laughs> morning to <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, let's get right into it. Yeah. Uh, and okay, well, I think first of all, tell us, you know, tell us your life story and mm. uh, and sort of like what sparked your what sparked your addiction and what it is. Okay. Um. Geez. Um. I'm a young man. Yeah. You know, I'm a fun-loving guy. Um. I was exposed to alcohol at a young age, very similar to Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh. I started drinking when I think I was on. 13 years of age at standard five. Wow. Uh, How did that happen? You know what? It was I, probably some uncle. It started off with the uncles, Aha. you know, with the meetings and everything yeah. that you have, you know, because back at home, it always have rituals, etc. Yes, yes. But um, that was once in a while. But yeah. the, 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 the drinking that we used to have, because you would have drinking sprees, even on weekends, we'd go out and go play pool with the guys. Yeah. And, I mean, the 20 rand that we used to get from mom and dad, you know, would buy your lion lagers, etc. But with me, this came about because I wanted to to link up with the guys, you know. I I think it was was some sort of an identity crisis. Mm. Uh, Not peer pressure, but I wanted to fit in. Because uh, I had a low self-esteem of self, mm-hmm. and I, I I thought that you know what, if I could live up to the standards of what these guys are doing, I think they they will accept me and they would love me, you know, because I'm doing I'm in with the with the in group. I'm doing what these guys want to do. So I started drinking at the age of thirteen. I mean, by the time I was in high school mm-hmm. and doing standard seven. I, I got expelled for bringing wow. alcohol to 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 school. So I was not that type of student. Where was this? Where was this alcohol? Was it in your bag, or were you feeding others the alcohol? Uh, no, no, geez, you're asking me funny questions now. Okay, what? Okay, <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. Um, what happened is that I had we had a function at home. Yeah, and I had invited friends, and we 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 stole a bottle of of of, of rum from my oh. dad's cabinet. So. Oh. We didn't finish it. So I said, no, I'll bring it to school on Monday. So what had happened is that during one of our lessons, our teacher, I remember it correctly, it was a maths lesson, and the mm. teacher had given us a free period. So I was one of those kids that always liked to sit at the back. And the bottle was in my bag, and I yeah. just started opening it, and I poured it in a, in a, in a can of Coke, and I drank it mm. in class. And, yeah, one of the guys went... To go tell the teacher And then you know how that ends up Okay Got asked yeah. Very nicely to leave the school And to get another opportunity To start elsewhere Yeah But um, It took a turn Because It just became part and parcel Of my life You know Because I went to boarding school Boarding school As a guy You always know it. You know what We get up to nonsense On weekends mm-hmm. And we would we would always have socials. During socials, we would drink. I smoked my first joint in, 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 in high school. I think that was around about when I was 16. Yeah. And, but alcohol was my thing. I yeah. got into alcohol hectically, hectically, hectically. I was, I was known for being a drunkard. Even in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the high school that I went to after getting kicked out from the, from my first high school. I had to leave that high school because I knew I was going to get expelled because on the last day as a board, I was caught drunk. Wow. Out of my mind. So, yeah, my 
things propelled afterwards because I gradually finished high school, but then I was exposed to marijuana and then also cocaine, mm. which I started when I started working. So that was my, my drug of choice. You know, it was cocaine. That was around about 2004. Yeah. Which is, yeah, we're looking at around about nine, 10, 11 years ago, actually. Mm, mm. And that's when my days of, of, of doom and gloom began. Wow. And what changed? I mean, like, look, that, those are the good news. No, that's the bad news. <laughs> but obviously your life, your life sort of turned around from there. Um, how did that, you know, like, how did that come about? Uh, my, my, my life came, came to a change when, when I, when I hit down and out. I was no longer staying at home. Mm. And I had friends who, who'd even conducted an intervention. Uh, spoke to my mother and I was taken to a recovery program. Um, Rayma Hands of Compassion. Yeah. Where I spent a good six months there. And I was just exposed to the word. Mm. I was exposed to the word of God. And in the exposure of the word of God, it just gave me the ability to just reflect and understand, you know, that your true identity as an individual is found in Christ. It is found in God. Yeah. And my low self-esteem, you know, went away because I built confidence in who I am in the Lord and that I don't need to measure up to certain people's standards or be part of a certain crowd in order to feel as if I belong. Mm. Uh, the form of rejection that I used to experience and as a young kid, uh, was filled up just through having intimacy with God yeah. himself. Yeah. And that, that, that has been my strength. You know, that has been my reason to, to not go back, to not yeah. do those things again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, um, that's that's quite amazing you know sort of hearing about that because the struggle that or the temptation that you yielded to which started in your mind mm. um for you to overcome that that also did now start in the mind you for say sure. you started to realize what they were telling you which is the fact that you are you are in Christ yes i, I absolutely love that because apparently um uh, apparently there was a there was a debate happening on one of the radio stations um speaking about you know the legalization I don't know. I, I, I think it was the, the legalization of, um, of, of, of marijuana, mm. you know, and the fact that, um, if anybody is now caught, you know, if anybody is now, the, the, well, these guys are campaigning that if anybody is now caught with, with, with drugs, then they're not going to go after the person. They're going to go after the drug dealer. In other words, there's no criminal record that will actually, okay. you know, that will actually be put on the, on the drug user, but on the drug dealer, mm. but the drug user, the drug user will be taken to hospital to be fixed. Yeah. But that is sort of the wrong way because there's no medication that you can take mm-hmm. for, uh, f- for, um, for, for a disease mm-hmm. that's really in your mind, for you sure. know? Um, what, it, what starts in your mind, you've got to then alter the mind mm. and that is by the word of God in order to fix that right. So, Dave, anything so I have to jump in there because obviously, you know, I've got a, um, a degree in, in science, a BSc degree that I just about managed to complete <laughs> in those days and, and I do take, um, Quite a keen interest in, in also the practical, you know, physiological side of, of these things as well. And it has to be said that if you listen very carefully to, to, um, the story we just heard. Yeah. There's actually two components to that. There was the being exposed to the word, 
but we sometimes uh, breeze past some of the other details. For instance, I was at Hands of Compassion for six months. Wow. Right? Yeah. And uh, so what started in the mind, what started with needing acceptance and wanting to be in, led to, you know, some alcohol, some marijuana. But the thing of substances, they're chemicals, and your body is, is, is real. It's physical. And so things like uh, chemical tolerance and dependence kicks in. Mm-hmm. And um, and so even physiologically, there you do develop a chemical addiction. Yeah. So a lot of the time, um, we think that it's it's mind over matter, or it's coming to certain realizations. But you also physically need to be in a place mm. where you can you can hear, you can hear. the word. Absolutely. Um, so I can spend a whole day telling you who you are in Christ, mm. but that doesn't instantaneously changed your physiology you haven't suddenly overcome the chemical component of your addiction and what happened for you in those six months is no access to those substances and so at the same time as you heard the word you were also in a place where people helped you to be in that place where you could overcome because every single day the receptors in your body um, change and adapt and so you actually day day by day become less addicted yeah because of the way the chemical dependency works. Yeah. And so it's both. So I guess, yeah. It's both. So and I, I think sometimes both. we lose sight of that fact mm. that there is that, that, and I, and I often counsel maybe a couple mm. and the one is addicted to something, can be anything, can be porn, can mm. be gambling, can mm. be substances. And maybe the other party, whether it's the husband or the wife who's not the one addicted, there's almost like a, um, a harshness towards the, because how could you do this? Yeah. Mm. But a lot of the time that how could you do this is from a, an unsympathetic place. Absolutely. Where until you've been in a place mm. of genuine addiction and you have felt mm. the sheer weight of the chemical component and even things like pornography as a chemical component because of the endorphins yeah. and things that are released in your brain, you become de- chemically dependent on that. Yeah. And Jesus, and this is why you, I love that scripture you said, is he is a sympathetic savior. Mm. He understands what that feels like. And yeah. he, and that's that's why hands mm. of compassion. I love it because mm. it's Jesus's hands that mm. are helping you. For sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, the thing is, um, I know a lot of people who have, you know, who have who have a hectic case of ADD, for instance, um, and um, and uh, and sort of growing up, you know, for kids who were like that, especially like you went who weren't diagnosed mm. with that, you know, um, the teachers used to think that, you know, these kids are just they just don't listen. So yeah. what I've got to do is that I've got to just try and beat and beat and beat that child. Whereas today there are tests mm. for that, you know, but it's still going to have to take you. To realize or somebody, you know, or somebody close to you. So if you know that you've got a problem, you need to go and ask for help. Mm. And, um, and, and for, I mean, both of you somehow didn't even know this went to, mm. went to hands of compassion. Um, so it's even just about calling there mm. and finding out how you can get help for the addiction, for the addiction that you have. Um, later on, I want us to, to get into, um, to speak about how to apply the word, you know, yeah, towards yeah. Uh, towards the tempt- uh, t- towards the temptations. So we're going to take um, just a just a small little break, and um, and I've also got another friend of mine who's actually online. Um, who we're going to be speaking to later. Her name is Christy uh, Joseph from the band The Arrows. Very radical. I absolutely love this woman, and we'll be speaking to her after this. Choice. Sometimes you have it, and sometimes you don't. Auto Trader gives you the choice. Now you can shop, compare, and buy new cars. Watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy. Auto Trader New Car. The choice is yours. 
Stand a chance to buy a brand new mystery car for just 99 cents. You heard right, 99 cents. Follow the clues on Twitter at AutotraderSA and use the hashtag 99CentNewCar. This is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Lean On Me by Kirk, um, by Kirk Franklin. Do you know that during the time, uh, when Kirk was, was doing this album, which is probably the most successful of all his albums, um, he was, he was, he was addicted to pornography. Yeah. I bet you, like, yeah. nobody actually knew that. So everybody goes through some struggles, you know, of some thoughts. Even when you're doing something great, there will still be some sort of temptation that is, that is on you. Um, I've got a lady on the line, a great friend of mine, Christy Joseph. Uh, she's the former drummer for the pop sensation band, The Arrows. And uh, she's actually a, um, a Bible school lecturer, a preacher. But what intrigues me about Christy is her knowledge, extensive knowledge on the end times, which is a subject that I'd like to cover one day here on The Open Book. Um, uh, Christy, are you there? I am here. How are you, my I'm friend? I'm good, my friend. So good to have you online. Thank you so Thank much for making it. Yeah. Now, Christy, okay. the reason the reason that I've um, I've got you today on the open book, um, spend a lot of time with you guys, um, just everywhere, really, all, all all over the country. And there's a um, there's not, there's I don't know if it's an organization um, or if, or if it's a movement or a campaign that you run called Pure. Can you tell us a little about that? Indeed. Um, this year we're actually celebrating our 10th anniversary of it, and it, it is, it's an event, it's a youth event that we run called Pure, that we started, you know, back in 05, 06, and it's basically a, a call to, for young people to return to purity. And so we do it using, you know, drama, art, dance, music, all these various kind of mediums to reach, uh, people. And it's grown into a pretty awesome event in Durban that we have every year, and, um, down the line, hardcore truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't beat around the bush with it, but it's, it's very clear the message. And we we kind of run workshops after the production as well, just trying to teach kids how to practically um, live a life that would please God and not kind of fall into the traps that are are there along the way for everybody. Okay, cool. so explain to us what is being pure or or returning to pure. Well, you know, the thing is, you mentioned temptation. You were speaking about that, that, uh, that, that track that just played. And, you know, the thing that I, I'm so aware of is that temptation in and of itself is not sin. Jesus yeah. was tempted in every way, just like us, but he was without sin. You know, Hebrews 4, 4, um, 15 tells us we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, mm. yet was without sin. So temptation is not sin. It's actually an opportunity. Temptation is an opportunity to do right or to do wrong. Um, and so what we try and show kids is like, hey, you're going to be tempted, specifically in this generation with the with the media that we face. Um, you know, you can have an onslaught of, of bad images, even if you're not looking for them. They can find you. You know, even if you're trying to protect yourself on the Internet or you, you're trying to protect yourself by not watching negative television programs, they can still find you. So it's like, hey, when you're tempted, that doesn't mean that you sinned. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for you right then and there to make a decision. Are you going to follow through with this or are you going to say no and turn around and look away? Now, I'm obviously talking about a broad spectrum topic here, but yeah. we try and give them practical tools as to how to get out of that trap that is laid. And how important, and how important is it to stay pure? Well, you know, the Bible's pretty clear and everything that we do comes from the Bible, but the, 
the Bible's pretty clear, you know, God says it, Jesus says it, be holy because I'm holy. And, you know, when you when you look at what that word holy means, a lot of it has to do with completion. And um, you can only become completed when you're being sanctified in that process constantly. So I think that it's, I think that everything is dependent on purity. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that we're going to be able to, you mentioned the end times as well, I don't think that we will be able to be a church that stands and is able to be strong in the face of what we're going to face, even politically, socially, uh, whatever it is. You just have to read the book of Revelation to give yourself a little bit of a fright. Um, But I don't think that we're going to be able to withstand the onslaught that the devil would throw at us without being pure, because purity is where our authority comes from. Mm, I hear you. So, so So now, Chris, I've got another question for you, right? So, Let's say, yeah. let's say I don't necessarily believe in being pure because I see the pleasures of, of, uh, you know, like of having sex and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and yeah. obviously having sex before marriage as being more pleasurable than, than sticking away for, you know, than keeping away from sex. Yeah. What can you say to someone like that to convince them that there are, there are definitely, you know, there are more positives to staying pure? Than um than to yield temptation of having sex. It's it's a great it's a great question. It goes the same for pornography for all of those things. You know, mm. um, Jesus said in, in the book of John, "If you love me, you'll obey me," which means that the words love and obedience are interchangeable. So you don't you if you sit in church and say you love God but you don't obey His precepts, then you're a liar. It sounds a bit harsh, but it's the truth. Yeah. So what we're always presenting is, you know. Because we love God, we obey Him, and so it, it becomes a it becomes a love struggle. Actually, um, do you love this person more than you love God? Because if you do, then the Bible calls that idolatry. Or do you love God more than you love this person? And if you love God, you'll obey His precepts, and His precepts are one man, one woman in a holy union called marriage, where there's a covenant that's established and. I think also when people start to understand that when you do things God's way, you really do see a blessing on your life. Um, Not that I'm trying to say, hey, do everything right and nothing will ever go wrong. Not at all. I'm just saying when we obey God's precepts, the blessing of God comes into our lives and and the promises in, in, in His Word become evidenced in our lives. And also, when you break out of sin and you start walking in the ways that God has, you start experiencing that peace and that Stability and the satisfaction that is so much deeper than anything that you could fulfill in your flesh. Yeah. So it's more of a challenge to people. Like, you know, I challenge you to do this because if you say you love God, then you need to obey Him. But also, um, when when you do do these things right, every time you say no to sin, it gets a little easier to say no next time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie and say it's always easy. But the pursuit of happiness is not is not what life should be about for somebody who says they're a Christian. Uh, the pursuit of obedience is what yeah. life should be about. And Matthew six thirty three, and then all these things will be added as you seek the kingdom, which is the heart of God. Mm. Thank you so much, Christy, for your time. Uh, that is Christy, uh, Christy Joseph. Uh, former former drummer for the Arrows, uh, so inspirational to hear young women speaking like you know, like talking in the way that you do. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your thank time. You. Thank you. Um, now coming back to uh, just coming back to my guest, uh, I've got Dave <laughs> and Zika on. Um, I 
I have a question here from from Nathan, uh, and I'll probably try and answer it first. It says, why is it that we can't be very high, yes, she used another word, in the presence of God? Um, doesn't the word say, come as you are? Uh, when I saw this, I uh, I remember the one time, you know, I'd been I'd gone out the one the the, the one Friday with some friends of mine, and um and, and at the time you know at the time I think ecstasy was like really just like you know kind of you know quite the thing, and uh, <laughs> and um, and so there was there was none left from the guy who was selling to us from inside from inside the club. This is a long time ago. Okay. Long time ago, right? Um, <laughs> right, at least two. Weeks. <laughs> it's a long time ago, and so, um, and so, I, and so, this guy says to me, says, "Listen, um, I don't have, uh, I don't have what you're looking for, but I can give you this. Worst mistake ever was to take that thing. You know, it was a small little piece of paper, not knowing that it was LSD. Yo. My brother, I was high for like forty-eight hours. I was a Christian." I was still going to church, but there's certain things that I was still, you know, yeah. that I was still getting up to. Like all, like, like, like all of us probably have struggles. Mm. But then, I mean, I wasn't even looking at even being fixed because I was just enjoying myself too much. Um, so, so the Sunday, I decided that, okay, I've been up for probably 48 hours, probably over, I, I'm, I don't know how long, but like, you know, but like three days. Um, and so I decided that maybe the best thing for me to do is to take myself to church. And there I was, Nathan. Sitting over there, high as a kite, in church on a Sunday morning. There I was, you know what I mean? But I took myself there, and maybe as much as I maybe didn't, you know, like didn't hear the sermon, but God heard my prayer that day. Yeah. And I think because I was, I, I was looking for help, no matter in what way you look for God, He will always show up, you know? I know people who actually can't sleep from being high at night, and they start praying, um, they start praying at that time. Yeah. And sometimes God shows up and actually gives them sleep. Do you know what I mean? So, so God is never far from you. He's never, um, He's never, um, he never says, you know, he never says, um, okay, cool. You know what? You are just too filthy mm. for me to deal mm. with you right now. Jesus came to the woman at the well for who sure. had been with so many husbands. And he said to her, after having told her the things that she's done, the sexual immorality mm. that she'd been up to, say to her, I, I, I don't know if he said, I judge you no more, but he says, I do mm. not condemn you, mm. but repent mm. or, or, or turn away from these and sin no more. Mm. I'm not sure if it was, maybe you can help me. I don't know if it was a woman at the well. It was or the if it was one the, caught in adultery. The one caught in adultery. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so, so we've got these things where, where, where actually you who thinks that, you know, like God is far from you, he's probably closer, you know, like closer to you. Jesus was mm. nowhere else but with those women mm. at that time. Yeah. He was nowhere else, you know, but right there with them. So, so I actually want to just jump in there because, um, first of all, let me say that I've got a lot of respect for what they're doing with the pure program and helping people to especially overcome some of the bigger dangers in life. And I think that is true, mm. but I am sometimes worried about, um, how we paint our relationship with God, which brush do we use? And I think, um, you know, that it is true that, um, that there is a scripture that says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. But the thing with love is, it's a many faceted thing. There are many expressions of love. There are many love languages. There are many aspects to love, many dynamics of love. And, um, you know, in, in moments where I give in to temptation, 
uh, is that enough to now say, well, there's the proof that you never loved God or that you don't love God? Mm. And, and I, wor- I worry about some of those kinds of emphasis or, or painting love with a singular brush and therefore saying that it all comes down to obedience when in fact it's quite a nuanced, quite a deep thing to love God. Yeah. And, um, and some of it comes down to, to the difference between religion and Christianity. And I've got a quote from one of my favorite authors and, and preachers, a guy called Tim Keller, pastors at church over in New York City. And he says this, he says, religion stresses holiness over grace. Irreligion stresses freedom over holiness. But Christianity is freedom through grace that leads to holiness. So, yeah. so you wanted to touch on practically how do we overcome temptation. And, um, it's quite interesting because I'm going to ask you a question. Hmm. And let's, let's see if you can answer this one. Um, in the New Testament. Yeah. What does it say is the key to or the source of self-control? Because that's what you need to overcome temptation, right? Self-control. Yeah. That's, that's what we said earlier when we interviewed the lady on the phone. She said it's an opportunity to do the right thing. Which means you need to exercise self-control. New Testament theology. What is the key to self-control? Where does it come from? Hmm. I, well, you know, the thing is, I mean, there's many times where I've tried to exercise self-control, but I've always failed dismally. So, um, so I'm in a position every single day to ask, you know, okay, it's not the right answer, clearly. <laughs> no. Do you, do you know New Testament? Uh, you know? I think what? I know that self-control comes from what the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the fruits Fruit. of the Holy Spirit. That's correct. Which is profound. Yeah. Because it, it, that that's why Christianity like isn't religion or irreligion. <laughs> 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 so that, and that's profound because that's why Christianity isn't religion or irreligion. It's yeah. a brand new thing. It's revolutionary mm-hmm. because what it tells me is my relationship with God isn't the product of my holiness. Yeah. My holiness is a product of my relationship with God. It's a fruit mm. of the Holy Spirit. Fruit grows. Fruit sure. is organic. Fruit is natural. Yeah. Fruit is a process. Yeah. And yeah. so I'd much rather overcome temptation through the power of my relationship with God yeah. than define my relationship with God through my own effort of self-control. Mm. Absolutely. That's you what know, I would say. You know, um, speaking, about, uh, speaking about love... Um, it is it is our realization of how much we are loved mm. um, that gives us the power to overcome. Um, you know, to overcome to overcome temptation. I think if I had to try and prove, um, if I had to try and prove my, if I had to try and uh, and prove how much I love God by my obedience, I would totally fail. I, fail. I mean, I think I probably sinned on the way here mm. this morning in traffic. I'm not sure, but I think I may probably have. You know, um, so so I would rather because the Bible says that. Uh, we love because he first loved us. Sure. In other words, exactly. the reason of us being able to love him is because he first loved us. So in other words, the realization of how much he loves me yeah. will be, you know, like will be the one thing that is going to make my life better. And that's going to make me sort of love him more. Um, Louis, so we don't even know what love is until God loves us and shows us what love is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, we're about to, we're about to wrap up. Bunzika, um, I mean, how has, how has your path been? You know, how's your path been? And, uh, and what are the, what are the things that you've been using in order to, to keep overcoming? Cause I'm sure it's, it just like, you know, we're speaking about the fruit. Um, it hasn't exactly been an easy one, but you probably, I mean, I don't know. You go ahead. I, I, we're talking about love. Yeah. The love of God. 
Yeah. Uh, David said we can never know what love is until we experience God's love for us. And I think the fact, not I think, actually I believe that the fact that God loves me is the one reason that always encourages me and inspires me to do right. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, if, if you uphold my teachings, then you shall become my disciples. Then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So once again, it's a process. Yeah. So in upholding the teachings of God, you are basically saying, I love you, Lord. And, 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 and I'm not doing this to buy your love. I'm doing this because of what you have done for me. Yeah. You have taken me out of this dismal situation, out of a point of hopelessness, out of a point of death, and you have given me a second chance. You have given me life. And, and in doing so, I just want to say thank you. And this is how I'm trying to say thank you to you. Mm. And by doing that, we, 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 we reveal uh, the grace of God upon our lives. And, and, and we see the truth. And that truth of God brings total liberty. Absolutely. So it's just God's word. Absolutely. Well, we've kind of run out of time. Um, David, thank you so much for, for coming in. I'd love to have you in again. You know, I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, I'd like to just end uh, this, this, this show or this podcast, if you're listening to us on podcast, with this verse. It says, Therefore submit to God. Mm. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Whatever temptation you're going through, once you look to God to help you, the devil will flee from you. It will be over. Sure. There is hope. We love you. This is the open book and catch you next time. Sure. This is CliffCentral.com.